Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast with evangelist Nick Zayner. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or at zaynerministries.com. Now, here's evangelist Nick. Good evening, everybody. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you are doing well there in your home. Do me a favor, hit the like button, hit the share button, and comment in the comments where you're watching from. I'm so excited to join you and um, potentially your family if they're watching with you. And it's going to be an amazing night. I believe God has something great for you. And uh, I believe that uh, this message tonight is going to bless you. And you're going to go to another level in the things of God. Tonight's going to be a good night. We're going to be talking about the anointing of God. Why you need the anointing. What is the anointing. How you can operate in the anointing as an everyday believer. And so on and so forth. is going to be powerful. But I have a couple quick testimonies from last week so every week thursday nights at 9 p.m you can just expect to see us live here and we taught on healing and how healing belongs to you so type that in the comics healing belongs to me and so people grabbed a hold of that and uh there was a couple different testimonies one lady her mom uh had a fit going on within her health and her body she went and uh she laid hands on her and instantly god touched her body she thought she was going to either pass on or or have to be rushed to the hospital, but God touched her body, and it was amazing. Uh, Another lady came up to me, and she said that uh, she had having asthma problems and struggles breathing, and God touched her, and that was awesome. Somebody had a thyroid problem, and God literally healed them instantly. And uh, and then there was like a, a spot on someone's body. Literally, they laid hands on it. And as we prayed, it went down. So I'm telling you, God is still healing people today. He's in the healing business. And uh, if you missed that, I want to encourage you, go back and watch that. Healing belongs to you on our YouTube channel. It will truly bless you if you need healing. But tonight, uh, uh, I want to talk about the anointing. Now, I want you to Do your best to follow with me. This is going to be more of a practical side of the anointing. I'm not going to get into the theological stuff or the in-depth study and all that. I'm going to give you the practical, what you can do with the anointing of God right now. So I want everybody to type in the comments, I am anointed. Type it in the comments, I am anointed. You are anointed. You have to understand that as a believer who's born again, You're not trying to be anointed. You are anointed. Hallelujah. That's right. And so, first off, to understand the anointing, we need to know what it is. So, if you're taking notes, you can take notes. That'll be great. It's easier to remember things when you take notes. But I have here, the anointing of God is the presence and power of God manifested. The anointing of God is the presence and power of God manifested. That's so important to understand. When the anointing of God is present, things take place. What happened last week when we prayed for the sick? There was an anointing for people to be healed. The anointing of God is tangible. It is felt. It's just like if you grabbed an electric wire on a fence and it was powered up and you grabbed it, you're going to have an experience when you grab that wire. You're going to feel electricity pulsate through your body. Well, the anointing is similar to that. And and so it's more than just something that takes place in a service, though you'll see it manifested, or you should anyways, majority of the time in a Sunday morning service or a revival service. But this anointing is for you and for everyday people. We need to understand that. 
One of the things why I felt to share on this subject is because there's a church who's hungry for the real Holy Spirit power of God. There's people turning by the droves in both directions, some away from the church. The Bible tells us that many will turn away from the faith. But also, there's many people who are turning to God and turning to the power of God. And we should be people who are walking in the power of God on a daily basis. Type that in the comments, I'm walking with God on a daily basis. And so let's get into what the Bible says with the anointing. Isaiah 10, verse 27. You can type that in the comments if you're listening and you can help those people who are watching. The Bible says this, It shall come to pass in that day. What day? The day when Jesus comes. Christ, Jesus Christ. Christ is not His last name. Christ means the anointed one. So Jesus, the anointed one, when it comes to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. In other words, the anointing doesn't break the yoke of bondage. What's bondage? Sin, habitual sin, uh, sickness, disease, poverty, death, destruction. It doesn't just break it, it destroys it. Type that in the comments. The anointing destroys the yoke. The anointing destroys the yoke. In other words, when the anointing is present, God's manifest presence, right? The anointing of God will blast off everything that will hold you back. And we need the anointing more than ever to, than ever before. We need the real Holy Ghost. We need the fire of God. We need uh, we don't have time because Jesus is coming soon, guys. We need the anointing of God so we can be effective witnesses. Go to Acts 1, verse 8. Acts 1, verse 8. Now, this is for every single believer. This isn't just for fivefold. This isn't just for the evangelist. This is for every believer. So first, the anointing's job is to destroy every yoke of bondage. And when you get saved, when you get born again, you have an anointing living on the inside of you. And I'm going to get into that in a second. But I wanted to read this to you because this is a major purpose of the anointing of God. And this is what tonight's all about, understanding the anointing. The anointing of God or the power of God is upon you. Acts 1 verse 8, you shall receive power or anointing from the Holy Spirit when He has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. So the whole purpose of the anointing is to be an effective witness to lead people to Jesus everywhere you go. Amen. That's the whole point of the anointing. It's to give you power, dynamite, dunamis power to display that God is alive. You know, I remember walking on a college campus before, and that's one of the toughest places to share your faith in 2023. And this was probably 2018. And I remember stopping one of the students and telling him about Jesus, and he didn't want to hear it. And he wanted to give me uh, this, that, and the other, and all these different excuses, uh, uh, and try to tell, try to write off that God's alive. He's basically atheist. And I just paused, and I, you know, normally people they're saying all that because they like to debate. 
The anointing is not there for debate. The anointing is there to basically silence those who want to debate. And I remember looking at him and I said, hey, how about this? Can you explain this away? And I began to tell him a story about how somebody had stage four cancer and we prayed for them and the anointing of God touched their lives. And literally they went into the doctor when the doctors told them that they had three months to live. And then the doctors look again for the cancer and it's no longer there. How do you explain that away? Or uh, I, was, I just started rattling off testimony after testimony. I said, how about this one guy? His hip was, uh, he was born with one hip higher than the other. The doctors told him it would never be fixed. And we prayed for him and literally in our front of our eyes, his hip went straight back into place. His leg grew out and he's in the military today because of the anointing of the Holy Ghost to heal his, his body. It destroys every yoke. And the kid literally was tongue-tied. He, he didn't know what to say, and he just said, okay, I'm out of here. The debate is over when the anointing of God is present. Type that in the comments. The debate ends when the anointing shows up. The debate's over. And that's what this generation needs. That's what you need. You're tuning in right now because you have a hunger and a desire to understand the anointing. Tiffany, Dawn, Sal and Maria, Marianne. And Dustin and whoever else is on it, if you haven't commented yet, I can't see your name, but God is anointing you to do the same. I'm not getting on here to talk and boast about myself. This is about mobilizing every single person to, to be a witness. You need the anointing of God, and so we need to have an understanding of how it works so we can be effective. And so it's not just about going to a church service and the power of God explodes, everybody runs around, everybody does a shake, a bake, and a quake, and next thing you know, they roll out because that's all that there is. No, God does everything for, on a purpose. He has a purpose for everything that He does. Type that in your notes or in the comments. The anointing is present on purpose for a purpose. It's for a purpose. He anoints you on purpose. He, do, he doesn't just do things by accident. Sometimes you look at somebody and say, wow, you know, God's really touching them. The anointing of God is touching them. They're laughing their heads off or they're, they're crying hysterically or they fall out under the power of God. That is not by accident. That's not just for show. There, God is doing a deep work on the inside of them. The anointing is destroying yokes of bondage. Hallelujah. Amen. Like Dustin said, he's been free from anxiety. How? By the anointing of God. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It will destroy, it will obliterate every single bondage. Amen. Hallelujah. So another definition of the anointing is it's the supernatural equipment to get the job done. The supernatural equipment to get the job done. So when God calls you, He has something specific in mind and you don't have to necessarily be called to preach as a fivefold minister to be anointed. You are called to do something specific on this planet, and you need God's anointing to do it. For many, you're in business. You need the anointing of God to run your business, to be effective, to, be, to excel. You need, some people are called into government. They definitely need the anointing of God. Some are called to teach. In the school systems, you need the anointing. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. You need the manifest presence of God in that classroom. You need God. And so this is a vital thing to understand because you need to find out what God has called you to do and work within the anointing upon your life. Now, the first thing when we're talking about 
the anointing of the Holy Spirit is it's not a ritual, it's a relationship. The anointing of God upon your life is not a ritual, it is a relationship with God. What do I mean by that? I mean, you don't have to get up and pray in tongues and dance around your room like Smith, Smith Wigglesworth did. He would get up every morning at 4 a.m. He would dance around his room, pray in tongues for an hour and, uh, and do a bunch, take communion every single day and then go out and he'd raise people from the dead. That was his relationship with God. Yours will be different. But you must have a relationship with God, which leads me to talking about the two types of anointing for the everyday believer. The number one, I've titled this and how I was taught about the anointing is, you can call it the well anointing. The well anointing, W-E-L-L. John chapter 4, verse 15. Let's go there together. John chapter 4, verse 15. That's right. The anointing of God is not a ritual, it's a relationship. Hallelujah, that's right. John chapter 4, in verse 15, says this. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You you have said well, I have no husband. For you have five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. And then she goes on to say, you must be a prophet. But Jesus goes on to say, woman, believe me, this hour is coming when you are neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But now this is the hour coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Before all of that, he goes on in verse 13, before he says any of that, but this is what happened with the woman at the well. He said this in verse 13, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So a fountain, a well springing up into everlasting life. That's what the anointing of God upon the life of the believer. When you're born again, when you're saved, the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you. That means the anointing of God now resonates on the inside of you. And so that is for you personally. That anointing upon your life is for you, for the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to show you what to do. He'll show you things to come. Uh, He'll manifest His presence in your family. He'll manifest His presence in your workplace. He'll manifest His presence uh, if you're running a business, you need help. That's for you. But there's a second type of anointing, which we titled it the river anointing. John 7, verse 37. Type the river anointing up in the comments. And I've already mentioned some of this. John 7, verse 37. But it says this. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scriptures has said, out of his heart or belly will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. In other words, when you have a well, a well is enough for maybe a village, a small village, a family. Most people, some people still have wells at their homes. But a river will, f- will help give uh, water to hundreds, if not thousands of people 
especially in today's day where people all live close to the river, it, it's a supply to thousands. And Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. And at the time he was talking about this, the Spirit of God had not yet been poured out. So now, fast forward, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, right? We mentioned that. And then on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, he poured out his Spirit upon all flesh. What was that? That was him empowering his church with that anointing of God to bring and set the captives free. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And you're, you don't have to work this up in a ritual. <laughs> you just work it up by your relationship. And you get this anointing by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. So you can get saved. You have an anointing from the Holy One for yourself. But when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, that is for uh, mission work. That is for people uh, outside of yourself. That's for you to have power to cast out devils, power to heal the sick, power to cleanse the leper, power to see people get saved. I mean, I'm telling you, I remember when I got saved and I got, I got filled with the Holy Spirit all at the same time. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's a two separate experiences. But when you get that power, something takes place. Can I get a witness? Can I get a hand up in the comments that says, you know what? I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just put an emoji hand up and everything changed. But, you know, it doesn't just stop by, you know, having a nice touch because, man, it was an amazing touch. I never felt anything like it before at that time. I never felt so loved. I never felt so much power. I never felt so free. But I knew by reading the scriptures that this was not for me to keep because freely you've received. You should freely give it out. That's one key to understanding the anointing. It's not just for you to keep it. It's for you to give it out. It's for you to, to walk in power and demonstration. You know that we talked about it in the beginning. This generation is desperate for the power of God. How do I know that? There's young people running to new age movement. They're running to Ouija boards. They're running to, to demonic activities. They're running to all of this stuff because they're looking for the power of God. And we need people. We don't just need pastors. We don't just need evangelists. We need individuals who are going to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost and demonstrate it to this lost and dying generation. And I believe you're watching this right now, not by accident, but because you're hungry, because God led you to listen to this, and you're going to receive an impartation right through this lens, right into your home, whether you're in your bedroom, your living room, your car, wherever you're at, you're going to receive an impartation to walk in power to set the captives free. Can you say amen? My God, I've, I'm about to run around this place. I'm getting so happy. The anointing of the Holy Ghost. What did Jesus say about the anointing? I think Jesus is a very good person to look up to. I believe, uh, I believe we can trust Jesus when it comes to the Christian faith. Can I get a witness in the comments? I think we can trust what He says. And look what it says in Luke 4. Let's start in verse 16. Now, 
This is very, very foundational when it comes to the anointing of God. Now, I want to try to simplify. When I'm talking about the anointing, I'm trying to simplify it as practical as I possibly can because you can find plenty of people who are mixing that oil right now. They'll tell you every little ingredient and how you even make this thing, and they'll break it down into the Greek, the Hebrew. Uh, if you let them, the Aramaic, all that stuff. I'm not against that, but we need practical, hands-on, what can we do with the anointing of God right now? And I had the honor and privilege of sitting under one of the greatest ministries in my, in my mind that is on the planet right now. And this is the subject that was hammered into us as, as students and as believers. And I'm telling you, this message has changed my life. Jesus said this, So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And Jesus said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Type that in the comments. God has anointed me. I see some new people hopping on. I'm happy you guys are getting on. Shandell, Amy, Evelyn, thank you so much for tuning in. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. So why? So this is the purpose of the anointing. So for those who are just tuning in, this is the purpose right here of the anointing, to preach the gospel to the poor. Why? Because you don't got to be poor no more. He, he, he's preaching the good news. This is The anointing of God will break poverty off of your life. The anointing of God will destroy poverty off of your life. And that's why when we teach giving, when we teach uh, sowing and reaping, and when you sow into the anointing, when you sow into what God is doing, there's an acceleration on that seed. Because you're, you're not trying to be blessed. You are blessed. And His, I'm telling you, there's something that takes place. You don't have to be poor no more so you can be prosperous, so you can be blessed to be a blessing. And you can't be a blessing if you're in poverty. Look, I've been to Skid Row in California. I walked the streets of the tent cities there. There is nobody there who could help help me out because they're in such poverty. If poverty was such a blessing, then we we should get rid of everything that we have. And but it's not a blessing. It's a curse. And so Jesus said, "I'm the very first thing he said is I am anointed to preach the gospel to the poor." Not just because they needed a message of hope, which they did, but because he was trying to tell them, "Look, I am going to empower you." Deuteronomy 8.18, He'll give you power to create wealth. That word power is also translated to the word anointing, which Jesus is confirming right here. I am anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. Amen. Then He says, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, those who have trauma in your life, those who have had hard, hard things happen to you. Those, you know, there's many people out there right now, they have had, they've had trauma, They've had bad things take place. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come to give you life and life more abundantly. Many people blame God. God, why did you allow this to happen? Well, there's a devil out there who, who is rotten, and he needs blasted off, and he needs destroyed, and you can destroy his works by the anointing, and Jesus will come and heal the broken heart. Thank God for that. I know many people watching here, you've been healed from a broken heart, a broken family. Maybe you didn't have a mom or a dad. Maybe they betrayed you. Maybe they, they were lost early in age to a, to a sickness, to a disease. 
And that's hurtful. That's harmful. But the anointing of God will come and heal that broken heart. He'll come and mend it back together. You know, that's the, the, the answer for America. That's the answer for everybody is, is for a broken heart to be healed, for new hearts to be put into people. You know, people are filled with racism and, and hatred and, and all of that. Nonsense pumped by the world, pumped out by the Antichrist agenda. And Jesus said that He was anointed to heal the brokenhearted. He was anointed specifically to take care of those things. Amen. Glory to God. Thank God for that. Thank God. I mean, I know I've experienced that. And guess what? When you've received it, this is what's amazing about the anointing. It's transferable. Freely you've received, freely give it out. That's why it's important to share your testimony. Do you know that your testimony and what God has brought you through, if you've been healed, if you've been delivered, if you've been set free, if God's healed your heart, He'll anoint your testimony to help somebody else out, to break it off of their lives. You got to start sharing your testimony. You got to start telling people what God has done. I'm telling you, the anointing's released through a testimony, through the power of God, released from your mouth. We're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And then he goes on to say to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind. You know, some people are captive in their minds. That's why the Bible says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus came. The word repentance, when Jesus said repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, that word repentance just means to change the way you think. Some people get offended when they say repent, but really it, the, the true definition is to change the way you think, to think the exact opposite of how you've been thinking. And he said to proclaim liberty to the captives. There's people who are captive in their minds. They're captive in different subjects, different areas of their life. They're so fearful. Some people still haven't left their house since 2020. They're so afraid. The anointing of the Holy Ghost will destroy that yoke of bondage. It will destroy fear. It will destroy insecurity. It will destroy worry. It will destroy anxiety off of your life so you can fulfill what God has promised. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I'm excited right now. Praise God. Then they will bring uh, recovery of the sight of the blind. Jesus meant that literally. So this is where healing comes in, the anointing to heal, to bring healing. To, to Literally, people who are blind, they can see. People who are deaf, they can hear because of the power of God. People who are mute can speak. People who are lame can walk. Who, people who are dead can be raised. I mean, I'm talking, that's the power of this anointing. He meant that literally. Everywhere you see, Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed from the devil. Why? Because God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. And guess what? Now, Jesus, now God has anointed, put your name in that place, with the Holy Ghost and power if you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now God has anointed Nick with the Holy Ghost and power to go and destroy the works of the devil. What are the works of the devil? Sickness and disease. Poverty. It's, it, he's empowered us. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And what are the signs that will follow? We'll cast out devils. We'll speak in new tongues. Anything deadly shall not harm us. We'll take up serpents. And the Bible says that we shall lay hands on the sick. When you understand that these hands right here, look at your hands. These hands are anointed. Type that in the comments after you look at your hands. Say, my hands are anointed to heal the sick. These hands are anointed to heal the sick. If you believe. And understanding the anointing 
gives you a, a greater confidence when you step out and you, you do these things. That's why this, this is important. This teaching is important. Because the more you understand it, the more you can work with God. The more you can flow with God is what we would say in Bible school. And so you want to flow with the Holy Ghost. You want to be doing right what He wants you to do when He wants you to do it. And He wants you to lay hands on people and deal with that sickness and disease. That's why in May we're going to do a healing school and impartation as well. So you know, you understand how the anointing works in that area. So I, I'm not going to teach on that uh, tonight, but maybe I will on the healing anointing. But I want to give you a couple different things of when it comes to the anointing of God for you as an everyday believer. Because I know maybe some of you might be called to ministry, but I would put money on the fact that maybe the majority of you watching right now are just called to be a part of what God is doing, but maybe not the main person who's speaking. You might speak here and there, share your testimony, but you're probably not a pastor, an evangelist, uh, apostle, so on and so forth. But that means you would fall into this category, and it's very, very important. There is an anointing for the ministry of helps. There's an anointing for the ministry of helps. So there's an anointing to heal. Your hands are anointed to heal the sick, but then your hands are anointed to help the work of God to help further the work of God. You know, I got two great guys helping me tonight. There's an anointing on their lives to help and to do what they're doing. And they're, they're just as much a part of what's happening right now than just me speaking. This is just a small part, but without their helps, without that anointing on their lives, it would make it very, very difficult. And so understand this, when the more you serve God, the more God will put a desire in your heart to be a help in the ministry. The more you serve God, the more He'll put a desire to be a help in the ministry. And he goes on, the Bible goes on to talk about in Acts chapter 6, and I'm just going to paraphrase instead of read it, but there came a point when the disciples, Acts uh, 6 verses 1 through 4, if you want to put it in the comments for them, they can read it or write it down. But there was a moment when there was a ne negligence on helping the widows and the people who needed food. And the disciples got up and said, we can no longer serve tables. We need to put all of our attention on the preaching of the word and to prayer because we got, a, we got people we need to reach with the gospel. And so they appointed men full of the Holy Ghost and power, deacons. In other words, they, there was men who were anointed to help the apostles put further the gospel. And it's, not, it's taking a load off of them so that they can lift up their hands. And they can further the gospel. There's an anointing for that. Some, sometimes there's a greater anointing on the helps than even on the minister because there's a bigger load that they're carrying. And so what's great about understanding the anointing is when you understand when you're a part of the helps, when you're a part of helping at your church, when you're a part of helping another ministry, when you're a part of working and God has anointed you into business and, and you're helping finance them or whatever the case is, you, you are literally co-laboring with God through that five-fold minister, whether it's an evangelist, a pastor, or whoever God has connected you with. There is a special grace or anointing upon your life, and you got to stay with that. You know, I, I had the opportunity to teach some people on discipleship uh, Tuesday night, and I was telling them, you got to find exactly what God has put in your heart when it comes to helps and stay with that because you have a gift, you have a grace on your life, and people, you know, you might have an idea, well, I want to do this, I want to do that, but there's something specific that you need to do to help 
the mission, wherever you go to church specifically, you should be a part of a local church where you're, you're putting your hand and you're using your gifts and talents. And that's when God's hand comes behind your hand. And not only does it transcend just to helping the ministry, it comes on your family. It comes into your home. It comes into and t- touches your kids, touches your workplace, whatever, because you're putting, you're putting first things first. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And so there's an anointing for the ministry of helps. The Bible goes on to say, or I should say my notes, in my notes before I say what the Bible says, the ministry of helps is anything that helps. It's not a ministry of hindrance. (laughs) Many people are doing the wrong thing and they're actually hindering what God wants to be done. And just find out what God wants you to do. And how do you find out what God wants you to do? And where where is your anointing for what God wants you to do? Number one, ask yourself this. What ticks you off the most when it comes to the church? What makes you angry? Because what makes you angry, normally God has already given you the solution to solve the problem. (laughs) You are the solution. You know, it's funny because we were talking about this with a bunch of friends, how Jesus uh, was preaching and he's like, man, there was a huge crowd. And he, he looked at his disciples and he said, don't. Don't wait for the time of harvest because look up right now. Right now the harvest is ripe, but the labors are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that labors would be sent forth out into the harvest field. And then it goes right into the next chapter. And then it says that Jesus sent them out as the laborers to go into the harvest field. But I guarantee between that time after Jesus said that and then when he told them to go, that they were probably saying, yeah, man, this is crazy. We need more people. We need more people spreading the gospel. Why, aren't, why isn't anybody doing it? Why isn't anybody helping to further this message? And then Jesus was like, guess what, guys? You're going to be the problem or you're going to be the solution to the problem because it, it was in them. It bugged them so much. I guarantee it. I'm just, I'm just speculating. But it bugged them so much that they had to be the one to make an action. So find out, say, you know what? What, what bugs me about, uh, not in a critical way, but in a good way, what bugs me about the church? And then ask to be a help and then be the solution to the problem. So number one, you find out what you dislike. Number two, find out what you do like. Because normally the two will go together because you'll find out, man, I really dislike how I, I use the example uh, because some, some of the people who I was talking to, they're involved in different ministries. Uh, they, they were just saying, you know, I really dislike how things are happening with this type of ministry. And then but then you find out, well, but I really like to help that certain age group of people. And so you find out that they really like it, but they also dislike what's happening. You put them together. You begin to march forward and watch how the anointing of God transcends through your life, through your family, through everything else. Is this making sense to you guys? Is this, ble- is this helping anybody? Put a hand up in the comments. The anointing of God. And the thing is, is when you walk in the anointing of God for your life in these different areas, what used to bother you, what used to bog you down because of the constantly flowing through your life, the yokes of bondage just keep breaking off and off and off. And what used to hold you back doesn't hold you back any longer because you're operating with God. You can't stay close to God, like next to God, and work with God and things not fall off your life. Like, I'm talking about sin. I'm talking about wrong thinking. You can, it's impossible. You, you, you are the company you keep. And if you're keeping the company with the Lord and working with God, you're, you're going to change. Amen? You're going to change. And so 
Many people are at different walks. You know, many people are at different levels. Some of you just got saved shortly, many months, not many months ago. Some of you have been walking with God for many years. So it's, you grow into this thing through relationship, just to bring this full circle here tonight. The anointing of God, and there's so many different things I could have talked about. I have a bunch of notes that I didn't even get into with the anointing, but I feel like this is to help you guys here tonight. There's, you grow in it through relationship. You grow in it through just spending time in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you want to know how the anointing of God manifests in your life or in, in anyone's life, watch Jesus, and then you imitate Christ. What did Jesus do? How did Jesus pray for that person? What did you know? How did you know? How did he know to pray for them, or or what happened when they did? Or like for example, with Lazarus, the people pushed him, and they wanted him to go pray for him, pray for him right away. But he didn't feel the anointing to go. He didn't feel the unction to go. And so, why was that? And you sit down, and you watch how Jesus' life was, and you watch how it unfolds, and you'll watch how the more you focus on what Christ did with that anointing, you'll see how you'll, he'll focus it, or he'll reveal it to you. And then you'll begin to walk, walk it out with him in your own particular relationship. But you're going to get it through Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. So, man, there's so much I could talk about tonight. I just can't get into it all. But I want to, I want to leave you with this. There's different kinds of anointings on people's lives. There's, and this is for some people and not for everybody. You have to find out what, I can't stress it enough. You must find out what God has called you to do. First John chapter two, verse 20. I want to read this to you. And then I'm going to talk about these. First John two, verse 20 says, but you have an anointing from the Holy one, or some translations say you have an unction from the Holy one and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and that there is no lion of the truth. In other words, there's an unction. There's a leading when the anointing is in your life. When you're, tap, when you're hearing the voice of God, there's a leading. There's an unction to what God is call, calling you to do. You know, you should never just jump into being a preacher if you don't really feel it in your heart to jump out and do it. You know, I would not be preaching right now being an evangelist if God did not specifically call me and give me an unction to step in and be an evangelist because I would fall flat on my face. And when there is a true anointing on your life to do certain things, there'll be fruit with it. You know, for example, for example, I, you know, many people came to me and uh, good people, but they, they basically said, you know, I, I don't think you should be a, an evangelist. I think you should be a pastor. I think God has called you to be a pastor. And I said, well, thank you. But I believe God is calling me right now to be an evangelist. And, but at that time, there was no fruit of the, of the ministry. It was just, you know, we launched the ministry because God told us to. But here we are in our third year, and you can see packed out altar calls. You can see outreaches that we've done. You can see the 8,500 plus souls saved. I'm not bragging about myself. What I'm saying is, is there's a true anointing on our life for evangelism. You can see the saints being equipped to be mobilized to win souls. Are, do you guys understand what I'm saying? So if you don't have an unction, if you don't have a, a leading to do something, do not do it. So you have different anointings and you got to find it for yourself. So you have the five-fold ministry. You have the ministry of helps, which I believe everyone should be called to helps. 
because it's anything that helps, right? Then you have the business anointing. Some people are called to be entrepreneurs. You need an anointing for that. Government, there's an anointing when you when it's time to, to lay hands on the sick or for healing. That's why it's important. I'll say this real quick to the everyday believer. If your pastor gets up and, he's, and he preaches a message or before the message and he feels God's moving in a certain area when it comes to healing and he calls out the thing that you have, you better not wait until that service is over to go get prayer from him because there's an anointing to be he for healing right then. You better run to that altar and get healed because that's the moment. See, that's where believers miss it. That's your moment for healing. If you had something going on and you missed it, yes, God can heal you through faith. The Bible says you can anoint the head with oil and the prayer of faith will save the sick. I'm not negating that, but when there is a specific healing anointing present, that is the moment to get up there immediately. When anytime, any, any minister under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is talking about something specific to you and you know you need to be up there, you better get up there. Amen? Then there's an anointing for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then there's an anointing for miracle signs and wonders. And I can go on and on and on. There's different things. But our job is to develop our relationship with the Spirit of God so we can learn to flow with Him. We can walk with God. We can be right where we need to be at the right time, doing exactly what He's called us to do. And it's so simple, guys. There is no ritual to this. It's all relationship. And right now you might be thinking, well, this is I'm not really fully grasping this in my mind 100%. That's not the point. The anointing is first caught, and then you understand it as you go with it. It's something that's caught. You catch it in your heart. You say, you know what, I don't fully understand this, but I do know God is asking me to do this. And you just march out and do it. And you'll watch how the anointing just starts going to work for you. Because you took those steps. Amen? So, we need to be careful to do only what God has called us to do. And I, I, I really feel that there's many people watching right now that you have, you're a good-hearted person. And that you have a desire to help in the, in the work of God, but maybe you're not exactly in the place where you need to be. Maybe you're not exactly serving where you should be, or maybe you stepped out and you thought in your mind it was a good idea to be a preacher, but you're just, uh, it's so hard. It feels like you got socks on in the water. It just feels awkward because you're not really having an anointing to do it. And so there's nothing wrong with that. Take a pause, take a step back. That's why we stopped doing the broadcast for such a long time. Because we just felt like it wasn't the timing. Sometimes it's just the timing that's missed. What I'm saying is, is you need to wait on that unction from the Holy One of the anointing before you step out and begin to do really anything in your life. We have to be precise in these last days because we are living in the final moments of time. It's very, very important that you are exactly where you need to be at the right time, at the right place. There's souls on the line. And to bring this full circle, it all comes back to souls, guys. It all comes back to being an effective witness. Whether you're the one sharing the faith or you're helping somebody else share, share the faith in Christ Jesus and people getting saved, it always comes back to souls. I want you to type that in the comments. It's all about souls. 
The anointing of God is upon your life for souls. Whether you're helping or whether you're ministering, it's all about winning the lost. It's the only thing we can take with us to heaven is souls. That's it. And so if anything, for for the Lord's sake, grab a hold of this for the lost. Grab a hold of this for your family. Grab a hold of this for those around you who need Jesus. Time is running out, guys. I feel an urgency in my spirit. This is why I have such a strong desire to see people operate in the anointing and, and to see the fullness that God has for them because we're living in the last seconds of time, guys. It's, this thing is about to be over. And so I'm going to pray right now, right where you're at, specifically, it's in my heart, for you to receive an anointing to win the lost, that the anointing of the Holy Ghost would come upon you like it came upon me in Tampa, Florida, and burned a desire in my heart to run after uh, souls like never before. And I believe He's going to sear eternity in your hearts. He's going to break your hearts for the lost. And the anointing of God is going to transform your life. So right where you're at, I want you just to lift your hands if you're able. And we're going to pray together and just receive. And I'm telling you, I feel it already. The manifest presence of God is going to touch you in your home. And just let God touch you. Let God do whatever He wants you to do. If you start shaking under the power, let Him do it. If you start getting full of the joy, let Him fill you. It doesn't matter uh, the manifestation. It's just received from God. So right now, lift your hands. Father, we thank You, Lord, for that person. You right there listening to me. I thank You for this individual. Lord, I thank You right now for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to go right through this lens and into their homes. Lord, sear eternity in their hearts for the lost. Lord, I thank you for a fresh impartation of the anointing of the Holy Ghost for evangelism. Lord, I thank you for creative ideas coming into these people, Lord, to win the, their family to the Lord, to win their, their neighbors to the Lord, to win their co-workers to the Lord, Father. Those who would come out so winning in their areas, in their local churches, Lord, I thank you for an overwhelming desire to win the lost. Lord, you said that you sent the Holy Ghost to endue us with power to be a witness, with an anointing to be a witness. And I thank you, Lord, for signs and wonders to follow every single individual under the sound of my voice. Lord, that they would lay hands on the sick and they will recover, that they will cast out devils. Lord, that they would see miracles, signs, and wonders follow them because they're believers. Right now, in Jesus' mighty name. Right now, I see God touching people. Right now, I see the power of God coming upon you. Right there in your home, you're even beginning to tear up in your house because God's breaking your heart for souls. There's people watching me right now. You, you've had such a desire to lead people to the Lord, but you felt like something was missing. And tonight, the Lord fills you with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Be filled right now and be baptized in the Spirit of God right now. In Jesus' name. There it is. You're going to begin to speak, tongue, speak in tongues right now. It's going to bubble up right out of you. Be filled right now. Be filled and flooded with God. Be filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost right there in your home in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. If you're feeling something in your home, just put up an emoji hand in the comments. By faith, Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. Time is running out. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. The power of the Holy Ghost. It's all about souls. That's right. It's all about souls. 
That's what this whole thing is about. That's what Christianity is about. Taking people to heaven with us. Amen. Tiffany's feeling it. Praise God. Shandell. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I even feel this for some of you guys. It's not about having an uh, extroverted personality. It's just being a willing vessel. If you knew me prior to being what, who I am now, before the Holy Ghost, I was a quiet guy. I'm still pretty quiet. It's not about being loud. It's about being willing. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. People are, people are receiving in their homes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I don't want to end any broadcast without giving you guys an opportunity to sow into this anointing and sow into souls. We're preparing this year to do a minimum of four or more bigger outreaches. Last year we did 12. This year we're going to hit, we're going to narrow it down to about four or five and we're going to double our efforts in, the, in these areas and see double, if not triple, if not more, because God will do exceeding abundantly above all at these outreaches. Plus, we're going to be going into different cities. We're about to go into um, uh, West Virginia for a youth conference, our very first youth conference. So pray with us on that. So there's different ways you can give tonight. The Bible says to uh, let each man purpose in his heart what he would give. So only give what God tells you to give. Ask the Lord what He would have you give tonight and just so according to what the Lord says. There's different ways. You can text give ZMI to 610-890-7505. And then we have Cash App, PayPal, and Venmo. All of those are dollar sign or at give ZMI. You can go to our website, zanerministries.com slash give, or you can give in the mail, P.O. Box 125, Copley, PA, 18037. And uh, it's going to souls. You know, that's, what, that's our main thing, is winning souls. And we're believing God to multiply our efforts. That's why we wrote our book, You Can Win Souls. If you haven't gotten it, you can get it on Amazon. You can get that. And uh, we're going to be training up as many people as possible. But you, I want to say thank you ahead of time for giving. And if anybody gives tonight, we have a book we want to give you. The Bible Way to Receive the Holy Spirit by Kenneth E. Hagan. Anybody who gives any amount tonight, we will send you this book. You just have to go to that website, zanerministries.com offer. Fill that form out, and I will get it to you as soon as possible in Jesus' name. And uh, this is a great book. Uh, many people are not filled with the Holy Spirit. And maybe you are, but you know somebody who's not, and you want to know properly how you can minister it well this is a great tool great little book it will bless you greatly so that's our way of saying thank you for the for sewing tonight and uh, we're going to be live every single thursday night at 9 p.m until the lord tells us otherwise so make sure you set a reminder it's only one time a week but you know what we're going to put all of our efforts into it. it's going to be a powerful time so 9 p.m every thursday so we're going to be going to West Virginia. You can see that. That's a conference there. Then I believe after that we're going to uh, Glory to Glory Church, not far from here, about 40 minutes. And uh, that's going to be a powerful time if you're in the area. I want to encourage you guys to come out. Uh, 
It's uh, Cutstown, Pennsylvania. It's going to be a powerful time. And then we're going to be in Jameson, Pennsylvania, just not far from Philadelphia at New Beginnings Church on the 12th. And then to wrap up the month of March, we're going to be in Pittsburgh with our great friends Jordan Siri for five services, and it's going to be a powerful time of revival. So not only are you given uh, for souls, you're given into that, but also pray for us. Pray that God really ignites these churches and sets them ablaze, and that we see not just a revival that we talk about, but we see genuine revival. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm in agreement with that, Candice. Thank you so much for your partnership. We love you. We really do. All of you. All of our. I see a lot of our partners are on tonight. Thank you guys for partnering with us. As you can see, we're growing. We're changing. We got new lights, new cameras, Ministry of Helps. We're going to another level. We're not, we're not going backwards. We're going forwards in Jesus' name because we go from faith to faith, from strength to strength, from glory to glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks, Miriam. Love you. Peter, God bless you. Samantha, hallelujah. We are believing God specifically this year for a hundred blessed partners to partner with us. Now, you may think, well, I'm not blessed yet. You're going to be blessed when you begin to partner because you can't put souls first and finish last. And when I say 100 blessed partners, that's 100 blessed partners giving any amount that you ask the Lord what He would have you do, and you can partner with us, whether it's $25 a month, $50 a month, $100, $1,000 a month, $500, $10,000 a month. Praise God. If, you, that's, if you're able to do it, do it. It's, we're not putting limits on anybody. We're putting all the pressure on the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And I know that God has a hundred people who will stand with us to shake this nation one more time before Jesus comes back. So if that's you, pray about it. And uh, go to our website, zanerministry.com partner for more details. Or just go to zanerministry.com give and uh, sign up to become a partner tonight. And it's going to be a great time kicking the devil's face in in 2023. Amen? <laughs> well, that's all we have tonight. I love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Until next Thursday, we're looking forward to it. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast. Please consider becoming a monthly covenant partner with us. We are asking God for 100 people to stand with us financially as we continue to win the lost in America. Go to zanerministries.com and click the Give Now button to become a monthly covenant partner today.